Awesome. Good to be here this morning. Uh, just before we get underway with uh, Vision Sunday, a big uh, hello and welcome to anyone here that's uh, here for the first time. We want to just give you our love and know that you've come on a good day. You're going to hear about what's happening here at Centrepoint. But before we do, uh, we'd like to call uh, Nick and Carly Burris up. Come up, guys. Give them a round of applause, these guys. We just want to honour these guys. They, in the very early days of uh, Centrepoint Church, they pioneered uh, the youth, even through the COVID tough times. They uh, went to a lot of effort to, just come over here, guys. Went to a lot of effort to keep us going online and doing what they could during that time. And we all know that that was a difficult time. So um, they were very instrumental in getting the melts and uh, youth going and the center there going. So uh, we just want to say a massive God bless you and thank you. And that season and time is done for them. And uh, But again, we just really appreciate you guys, new Christians, uh, you know, thrown in the deep end, but, you know, you took it with uh, both hands, but more importantly, you gave your heart and love. And uh, again, I just want to just give them a, a thank you and a blessing. So yeah, there's uh, something there for you to go and uh, enjoy together. Did you want to say anything? Was there anything that you wanted to say? Okay, you can. Have we got a mic or something? There you go, Nick. Well, um, for starters, I just want to thank Pastor John and Trish. I think the last seven or eight years, however long it's been, it's been, I, I, both of us couldn't do it without you both. Just your leadership, your hearts for young people and for everyone in this church. I think we are so lucky to have pastors like you both and just everything you guys do for this church and from the bottom of my heart, not only for my wife and I, but for everyone in this church, we really appreciate you guys. So thank you so much. Um, and lastly, guys, you know, with youth, if I can just say something, the last eight years, and like Pastor John said, COVID has been a tough time, but we wouldn't take it back for one second because we got to be vessels into young people's lives and see what God did in these young people's lives. And there were so many things that happened during those eight years that we are so grateful for what God did. And, you know, we're so excited to see the next chapter and Ben and Bell and what they're going to be able to do and what they're going to bring. And, you know, Ben, I told you, bro, I, I, you're going to absolutely smash this out the park. Um, but yeah, we just want to thank every single person that served in youth, that just helped out, every young person that came. And parents, if I can encourage you on one thing, it's put youth at the same priority as your schooling, as your children's schooling. Great. You want your children to be educated. Your children also need to have a God-based foundation in their lives. So again, thank you so much, everyone. We really appreciate it and God bless you all. Thank you. Woo! Thank you, Fantastic. Come on, let's give it up for those guys. And also for the, the team. Thank you so much, guys. You may be excused. Love it, love it. Well, Vision Sunday. I've been uh, waiting for this time for some time. And 
as I've been sharing with some of the leaders, just uh, God's been depositing some stuff over the last few months, uh, around about October, just about the theme uh, for the year, not vision, but the theme, and I think I shared a little bit about it last week uh, in relation to the art of coming to Jesus, and I really feel this year that as a church, individually, uh, also corporately, we need to know and learn the art of coming to Him, because Jesus does say, come to me, all of you doesn't mean come to me once for salvation, it just means come. He has an open invitation. He's like that that boyfriend, that husband, that lover who is always at the table with a candle-lit dinner, wanting to gaze in your eyes, wanting to spend time with you, understanding that we're human, understanding that we have jobs, we have families, we have uh, children, Uh, we do life and that's busy, I get that. He gets it too, but what he wants to know from you and what he wants to bring this year through the power of the Holy Spirit is that he is available. He wants your relationship to grow. He wants to know you more and more. He wants you to know him more and more. He wants you to know the love that he has for you, the grace that he carries, the mercies that are new every morning. He wants to pour that into your life. And this year, that's going to be the thread and theme as we go through 2024. But as we look at vision for 2024, and I just want to explain some of the things that are happening and then kind of tie it into what I'm going to bring this morning. Because we have, we're going to have a busy year. Okay, there's going to be a lot of things that are happening. Now, what we do in this church, we don't do for the sake of doing. It's one thing we don't do. What we do is according to what God has called us to do. And God has been calling us to to, to, uh, evangelize and, and to meet need for this harvest over the road. And we've been putting together some of the uh, ways in which we can do that, training some of the people, uh, waiting for certain people to come into that space that feel called to it because there's no use just giving someone a job. Hey, you know, the kingdom of God is not about jobs. It's about ministry. It's about building one another up so that we can do the work of the ministry. And that's what it's about. And we feel that this is the time where we've got a, a, a massive play center coming at the end of February. We've got some building that's happening here at the start of Feb- at the start of March. Oh, sorry, the start of February. Now it's going to happen in the next few weeks, and all of those, all of that construction that we're doing, and we're preparing for the vision that God's given us. And we're going to share a little bit about that. So it's going to be busy around here. So I pray that when you see that, you'll continue to pray into that, because what we believe is that we want to follow God's heart and God's plans, and God's call. A lot of people say, I want to know what the call of God is on my life. Well, the call of God is to surrender to His call. And when you surrender to His call, you're going to know everything that He's got for you. Remember that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's already prepared the works that we should be walking in. But how do we know what they are if we're not seated next to Him? He said that there's a seat for each and every one of us. It's got our print of our backside on it. And it's for you, it's a specific, a specific place, it's called rest. And where to live and where to work and where to function out of the rest in the presence of Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus came, He did everything. Everything that we need has been, uh, uh, it's happened already. It's been achieved on the cross. We now have uh, access to the Father, to His love and to all of the kingdom has for us. So vision... Uh, Sunday 2024 we're talking about local impact and I just want to share a little bit about that 
But whenever we talk about vision, we're actually talking about focus. There's no use having vision if you can't focus. I've got to wear glasses because if I drive without them, there's problems. People don't seem to be driving properly when I don't have glasses. But I can see, but I can't focus. So vision is having focus in a place where you can actually see. Now, when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to kingdom, that seeing is in the spirit. That seeing happens within our lives. When we talk with God, when we come to Him, He shows us things. And my heart breaks for people that yet don't understand the importance of coming to Jesus daily, coming to Him. And that's really what we're theming this year. Because when we do, things start to become clear. We start to see. We start to envisage what He has for us. And we start to have this peace that surpasses understanding because what's happening out there isn't what's happening within us. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is where? Within us. And we've got to get our theology right. We've got to understand where God is. And when we do, we'll be able to live according to His plan. So focus is primary. It means if I focus on something, it's important. It means it's the first priority above everything else. So when we talk about vision and we're talking about focus... It's we are putting the subject of interest at the highest priority. And for us as a church, this 2024 vision is at the highest priority because God's breathing on it. And when God breathes on something, I want to be under His breath. I want to be where the cloud is. I want to be where the pillar of fire is. And this local impact is the vision for us and we'll talk about it. But just before we do, and like I, I've been doing, just correcting some theology and you know what sometimes that theology uh may may, we may have picked picked that up from uh churches we may have picked it up from our own studies or dr google or someone and you know i feel like that as a church as a pastor and as leaders we want to bring correct doctrine or correct theology which means the correct uh knowing of god the correct knowledge of God, the experience of God, not what people make up as doctrine that sound good and sounds biblical. A lot of things sound biblical but aren't the truth. Does that make sense? So one of the, th- the modern church models and their focuses are on filling buildings with people. Now that doesn't sound too bad, does it? But in reality, as a church, I believe that we should be following the emphases of the gospel and it's filling people with God. You can fill the building with people, but if they're not filled with God, well, then we've got some issue. Now, you might say, well, you need to bring them to the church so you can fill them. That's fine. But if we've just got churches that are modeled on bringing people to the church, but we don't bring God to the people, or we don't fill them with God, well, then we've got issues. And I want you to hear my heart. Because I'm all about filling this place. I'm all about filling this place two and three times. I'm all about multi-site campuses. I mean, we've got five. We've got two here in Melbourne and three in the Philippines. So I'm all about filling buildings. But in reality, the, the issue is, you know, we can even, I was even thinking about it, you know, I'm happy to run seven days a week. No problem, if need be. But what I'm saying is, if those services and meetings are attended and not membered, 
if they're full of churchians and not Christians, if, they're, if we settle for a consumer culture and not a family of committed contributors, then we're failing as a biblical church. Okay? So attending without being membered or attenders. You can attend church, but the Bible says that we are to be members. We are to be part of the body. And this whole theme this year is about getting us to understand our part in the body. In 2024, if we want to host a move of God, I want to host a move of God. I want to be a host. Lord, here, I'm waiting on you. I want to wait on you. What is it that you want? If we want to host a move of God, it rests on each of us here to do two things. To assess our relationship with Him, which we're talking about, the art of coming to Him. And also to assess our part in the family of God, which is this church. What is your part in this family? These two areas will determine the type of impact that we're going to have individually and corporately. Here's the thing. When it comes to choosing a church, usually people go shopping for churches. Every January, there's a lot of church shoppers. I'm sure that people here go church shopping. And there's others that'll, that have be, been here and come here to, that do their shopping in January because it's kind of like a holiday. Let's go and have a look. You know, I might not be settled. All those kind of questions that uh, people have. And the reality is, is some of those ways we shop is, you know, I, I, I'm looking for a pastor that's funny or, you know, I'm looking for a church that serves good coffee. I'm looking for a, a, worship, a church that worships 12 out of 10 every week i'm looking for one where there's a car park that i don't have to walk for so there's all kinds of ways that we can shop so before i move into the vision for 2024 i really want us to understand our place in church whether it's this church or another church because in reality the bible tells us how god chooses a church for us how he chooses a tribe for us. It's not our choice, it's his choice. But how do we know what church he wants us to be at and be a family at if we don't know the art of coming to him? And this is what he says in Deuteronomy 12, 5 to 7. Rather, you must seek the Lord God at the place of worship. He himself will choose from among all the tribes, the place where his name will be honored. So it's simply coming to him and he will choose the house for you. But if we don't come to him, then we rely on the choices that we think we need for ourselves. And mostly, we're going to choose out of comfort. We're going to choose out of what makes us feel good. But in reality, God's not saying that's what it's about. It's about us coming to him and allow him to choose a place of worship that he himself will choose for us among the tribes, among the churches. Verse 6 this will bring you, sorry, there you will bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, your sacred offerings, your offerings to fulfill a vow, your voluntary offerings, and your offerings of the firstborn animals of your herds and flocks. A lot of offerings. Man, this kind of uh, pastor here, mate, he wouldn't last in the churches here in Australia. So many offerings. What's that saying to us in the New Testament? What is it saying? It's just simply saying that we are to commit ourselves, are to invest ourselves in the church, in the family that He tells us to be at. So move from being an attender to a member. 
Move from being a churchian to a Christian. Move from, you know, being a consumer to a contributor. Does that make sense? That's all it's saying there. And it's almost like, it's just uh, bring yourself, bring everything that you have. Why? Why does he want us to do that? Because the last verse speaks about it. It says this, there you will and your families will feast in the presence of the Lord your God and you will rejoice in all you have accomplished because the Lord your God has blessed you. Where he tells us to be, there's blessing. Where he tells us to be, it's framed for us. Where he tells us to go, he, he's there already. And he's saying, you know what? Come to me and I will direct you. Let's learn the art of coming to him, even when it comes to choosing a church family. See, I think there are a lot of churches we can attend. I mean, Trish and I, before we started this church, we, were, we, 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 we went to a church in the city and we loved it. We could see ourselves there. We could attend there. It was easy it was comfortable it was great to go but you know what God didn't want us there he said it's time for you to do something and let me tell you after you know being in ministry for so many years we had kind of like three years that we were that we came aside because we believed that God wanted us to look at leadership from a different perspective so that's what we did and we were enjoying it but he said hey it's time it's time to to go from consuming to contributing and I really believe that if we're a Jesus follower, we should be part of a family that we're invested in. Now, you might ask, how do I know if I'm part of a family? Good question. I'm glad you asked that. Well, at mine and Trisha's house, when visitors and guests come in, they're not expected to contribute and serve. They're not expected to start to dish out the food. They're not expected to clean up after the, we, uh, they've eaten. They're not expected to, to, you know, make the coffee. We serve them. Why? Because they're our guests. They're visitors. They're not family. And in our house, how you know that you're part of the family is that you serve and contribute. And what happens is there's a positive impact that comes from our serving and our contributing now here's the thing here's the thing if you're not contributing and serving there's two things that are going on so if you're not contributing and serving in church there are two things here's number one you've not yet reached spiritual maturity what does that mean it means you haven't stopped thinking about yourself hello now, I'm speaking this way because I want to set the platform because if you decide to come on the journey, you're going to understand that God wants you to come on the journey, but you need to understand that He wants you to come on the journey. And if he, you know that He wants you to come on the journey, maybe there's some things that we need to sort out because so that you can get the benefit of what it means of being a family member in a church. Does that make sense? So, my kids, when they were younger, we didn't give them uh, a certain... Uh, uh, chores to do that were way above their pay grade that they could you know carry glass at at you know six months old and smash it on the ground no we're not talking about that they weren't mature so I get that some of us are not yet spiritually mature because we're still thinking about ourselves feed me feed me feed me I get that the second reason is that maybe you have not adopted the family in your heart Maybe the church that you're at, you haven't adopted that church in your heart. So these are the two reasons that I know 
there's reservation or you're still thinking about it you have questions here's what i say to that ask the question make sure if there's reservation you need to get peace on it because if you don't you're just going to be an attendee you're just going to be a churchian you're just going to be a consumer and you're not made for that you haven't been designed for that why am i speaking this way because i want everyone here to find a family I don't want anyone here in this church that isn't a part of a family, which means you're not only consuming, but out of your overflow, you're contributing, which means you're not a church in, means you're a Christian, and also you're not an attendee, but you're a member. You're part of the body that's important. Do you know that you're important? And unless you find a family, and unless you start to contribute, well, then you're not understanding the way that we are formed in our DNA with God. You know, I want people to do that. And if you haven't decided in 2024, may you do that. May, can I urge you to decide? Can I urge you to get before God? Because I want to be able to take and lead a church of people that say, hey, this is what I want, I want to hear. These are my people. This is my house. I feel called to this house. I should be a part of this house. This is the heart cry. This is what we say when someone feels a part of something. And I've heard that from some of you. I've heard that from many of you. But you know what? There still could be a minority that maybe haven't chosen a church or maybe are just attending here. Well, I want to encourage you for 2024, do not spend moments without coming to God and say, hey, which is the church for me? And you know what? Sometimes this might not be the church for you. Do I say that because I want you to move on? Absolutely not. I say it because I want you to find a family. Because when you find a family, you can contribute, you can be part of that. In a society where redefining what church and religion looks like, and it's constantly being played with, isn't it? Church is constantly being played with. I just want to say this off the bat in regards to this house. This house believes in a word that's unchanging. This house still believes that God chooses to dwell in the praises of His people. This house believes that intimacy with God is the way He wants us to worship. Those are the things we believe and we are not swayed by. That He wants us to come to Him first. See, if your heart belongs to something else other than God, you'll seek to make an impression. But if your heart belongs to God, you'll seek to make impact. And that's what I'm talking about today. So this year, our church vision for 2024 is to have a greater local impact for good and for God, like never before. I'm coming to that. But again, I just want to reassure you who it is that lives in you. In Acts 1.8, this is the first church. This is what happened. But you, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and in the ends of the earth. So what happens when the Holy Spirit comes on us? We receive the Holy Spirit. You will be witnesses. It's God's will that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be witnesses. This is what happens. You'll be a witness for Him. And the power of the Holy Spirit in you is what makes the impact. We don't make the impact. It's because we house the Holy Spirit. It's because we are led by the senior partner. For those that don't know possibly, but 
the Holy Spirit is our senior partner. He's come to lead us, to guide us, to counsel us, to comfort us. That's why Jesus sent him. But we have to go to him. We have to allow him to move in our life so that we might enjoy the purpose and the call on our life. We can understand that in his presence. That's what happens. And in 2024, like the first church, I believe we're to start in Jerusalem. What does that mean? It means our, loca- our locality. We're to start in Jerusalem. Jerusalem simply means home, immediate family, friends, relatives, neighbors, etc. Now you might say to me, oh man, you know, I've already tried that. And I can see that some of us maybe may have reservations because we've gone there and we've got pushback and rejection. Well, I'm telling you that this year there's an anointing for Jerusalem. This year there's an anointing for us to go to that first place where God has called us. And I'm saying, go again. Have another go. I believe that there are people that you've been to. There are people that are in your Jerusalem, in your uh, uh, sphere of influence that's close to you, that have rejected you before, have had pushback before. But you know what? This time they're going to say, hey, I want what you have. But how do we know if we don't go to Jerusalem? And many of us, we skip over Jerusalem when we go to Samaria, which represents the outer parts of Jerusalem. Because it's non-confronting. We don't know those people. It's easier to speak to them. That's great. But I'm saying that this year, God's called us for local impact, not only individually, but also as a church. This is what 1 Peter 4.10 says. This is each of you. It says this. Each of you. Everybody say each of you. Should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms, or some versions will say in manifold forms. Each of us, each of us have received a gift. Each of us have received a gift. Now, whether that's dormant or not is entirely up to you, but each of you have a gift, and we should use it to serve others. That gift is for you and I to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace. God's given us manifold forms of grace. Each of us, it's different. And that's why to be a member of a body, when we come together, it's so powerful because there's unity and He commands a blessing. So when you're in a church that you're not participating, we don't have a body that's functioning properly. You know, people that, you know, go on these marathons or they're, they're, they're training for a race or their, their body, they're, they're wanting to, to fight, they go on a camp, they want to make sure that every part of their body is functioning properly. Now, how often does it happen? Probably not too often, but in the kingdom of God, God has said, I've given you through the Holy Spirit minimum of one gift. And I want you to use that gift. And in 2024, we need you to use that gift. Because each of our, it's each of us, our responsibility to use the gift in this church. If, if you know that you know that this is your church, it's your responsibility to take up the gift that the Holy Spirit's given you. And if you don't know what that is, please ask, as I was saying before, when you're born again of the Spirit of God, you've been given a gift by the Holy Spirit. And it's to, lo- and it's to impact someone else. And it's to bring them through to Jesus. Your gift is to help someone else come through to Jesus. Your gift is to help someone else grow in Jesus. Each of us have been given that gift. 
See, many think it's the pastors and leaders' job to grow people. Again, sounds biblical, but it's not the truth. And I'll show you, because God's unchanging word says, the people are to grow the people. It's you and I, not me as a pastor, but me as a person, I've got to grow people like you've got to grow people. This is what Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, that Christ has given gifts to the church. Firstly, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers and pastors. Why? For the maturing of the saints, to equip God's people so that God's people do the work of the ministry, that they can build up the body. Everybody here should be here to be Built, uh, to be equipped and to come to a place of maturity. Remember we talked earlier on about the reason why that we don't contribute or serve is because we're still spiritually immature. So this is saying that God's gifted the church with apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists so that they may equip, they may mature, help mature people so that the people can go and do the work of the ministry and build up the church. It's got nothing to do with the pastor to do the work of the ministry. Who does the work of the ministry? The people. Me, as part of the membership of the body, I do the work. You do the work. But if we don't understand that, when we talk about vision, when we talk about, hey, being a part of the family, we don't get that I have a responsibility, not as the pastor, but I have a responsibility as the member, like you do, to do the work of the ministry. Otherwise, we're just sitting back and saying, oh, you know what? The pastor's going to do that. The leader's going to do that. Pastor Rob's going to do that. Pastor Dom will do that. Oh, Pastor Cooler. Yeah, they're the pastors. They're going to do it. No. They may do that as individuals, as sons and daughters of God like you are, but it's going to require us as a church, as a membership for this to happen. Each person's responsibility collectively is to extend the family of God. So... A possible reason we may not see a greater impact is because some of us are coming to church to listen to a pastor or a teacher only to get a feed instead of doing the feeding. It's okay to get a feed because if we don't eat, we've got nothing to give. We've got no strength. So it's not saying not to feed, but it's saying not to feed only yourself, but feed so that you can do some feeding. See, God's word is so rich in goodness and so full of faith that it requires you to give to others. I'll tell you what happens when you don't. Otherwise, you're going to get spiritually bloated. And there's so many people that are walking around spiritually bloated on the edge of obese, spiritual obesity because all they're doing is eating, eating, eating. But in actual fact, you're not being called to eat. You've been called to consume and also to contribute. You've been called to sit at the feet of Jesus and also get up and do Monday to Saturday church. You've been called to come here and worship him on a Sunday with the family, but then Monday to Saturday to go and do the work of the ministry. And that is to minister to others that are in your sphere of influence. Come on. You've been born again of the Spirit of God to contribute out of, out of the overflow and abundance that you've received, that you've consumed. So as a New Testament church, 
The gathering is for the scattering. The reason why we come here and we gather, it's to, yes, absolutely feed. But then we scatter on a Monday to Saturday. And some of us might see one another at a connect group or at a, at a prayer meeting. But some of us may not. But the reality is, is that the gift of God is with me. Whether it's dormant or not, it's entirely up to you. But what I'm saying today is in 2024, some of us that may have a gift that's dormant, I'm asking you to pick it up. I'm asking you to pick it up. We need you to pick it up. If you're a member, if you're a Christian, if you're a, uh, if, if you're a contributor of the family, we need you to pick it up. If this is your church, we need you to pick it up because God is bringing us to a place of local impact. And again, I'm coming to it and I'll continue to share the vision over the year. But the reality is, is there's no use me sharing a vision from the get-go if we don't know the role we play in the family of God as a contributor and as someone who serves. So we come together on a Sunday. So our attitude should be, we come together to feed so that during the week we can impact, whether it's through social media, through your home life, through your work life, whatever it might be. But we're there to represent Jesus and to make disciples. Okay, we're there to represent Jesus and to make disciples. We're not there to go home and just meditate on Him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Now, you might say, gee, John, but you're talking about the art of coming. Yes, Jesus did that at night, didn't He? But then during the day, what did He do? He went about doing the will of God. Because in the presence of God, that's where you get the revelation of what He wants you to do in life. So in 2024, I believe that it's going to be a year of fruitfulness. I believe this year is going to be a year that you represent. I believe this year is going to be a year of greater impact in our life. But it's going to require some things of you. Here we go again. John, you're always talking like this. Well, no, the reality is is I'm talking like this because I want you to make a way for God in your life. Because if it was that easy, then everyone would be doing it. The reality is, is that when we come to Jesus... He's done everything for us, but now on the other side of the cross, it's on us and our thirst and our desire and our passion to want to be intimate with Him. And the intimacy with Him is about knowing what the call of God is on our life that He wants us to carry. So I'm saying this year, you just can't go through the year like every other year. And for me, there may be adjustments. I think for everybody... There may be some adjustments that the Holy Spirit's going to show up in areas of your life and all He wants us to do is to surrender them to Him because He is the doctor. He's the one that can help us whatever, remove those things, work through those things or adjust those things so that we can have local impact in our lives. Can you, can you turn to someone this morning? I need some feedback. Can you turn to someone and say... This is my year of impact. Can you turn to someone? Turn to someone else. This is my year of impact. We've still got some time. We've got eight minutes. I'm going really fast. So in 2024, as I mentioned, as a church, corporately, 
our local impact is the harvest field across the road. We've always had this dream that because of the area that we live in and we know the demographics, there are a lot of people that need help. They need Jesus, but they need help. They need to see the love of God through us as a church. So what we've been gearing for is, is having a, a space here that we can look after their children. And now that we've got this massive play center that's coming, we're going to be offering Friday nights where we look after their kids so that their parents, who don't usually have babysitters, can go out and maybe have a meal or watch a movie. On that, what we want to do then is, is graduate to saying, hey, you know what, not only do we're going to look after your kids, but we have parental seminars if you're interested in. We've got couple seminars. So we want to open up the church for that. But for that to happen, we're going to need people that are praying into that. We're going to need people to pick up their gift of hospitality. We're going to need people that have the gift of liberality. All of those things that we have in this church because God's already supplied it in this church. We need people to pick up and to give and ready to make God's love known. So our vision is for that locality. And I'm going to continue to share uh, into that and speak into that as you'll start to see some of the stuff that's happening around here being built around that so that we can house and we can carry the vision that God's saying to us. So it's going to mean door knocking. Yes, it's going to mean, you know, taking a pack to people. All of that stuff that, you know what, seems like old school. Let me tell you, it's not old school. It's Jesus going out in the highways and byways. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, but the Spirit of Jesus is the Holy Spirit and He lives in us. So if we don't go, who's going to go? And that's the local impact as a church. The other impact that we want to make is that in 2024, we want to have 20 new connect groups. Now, we understand that connect groups is vital and powerful for the growth of an individual as a Christian. That's where the first church started. What did they do? They went from house to house daily. We're talking about a Wednesday night or a Tuesday or some, some connect groups run during the day, a, a coffee with two or three people. That's a connect group. We're not talking about 20 people. We're not talking about 10 people. We're talking about doing life with a certain tribe that you can call your family, that you can once a week get together, whether it's for half an hour or an hour, you know what, discuss the things of God, pray for them, know that someone's looking out for them. You know what the, what the power of a connect group is? It's actually a pastoral group because if you're not there, someone's going to ring up. Oh, the pastor hasn't called me. Well, the reality is, is the pastor can't call everyone. But let me tell you, your connect group will can call you. Your, your connect group misses you. It's a church within a church. Come on, we've got to understand that there's a tribe within a family. There's, there's culture that is formed within a church. And that culture is, for this church, is to make God's love known. And let me tell you, you'll be missed if you're not part of a connect group. If you, if, you, if you begin to go to one and you're not there, you're going to be missed. But there's people that are trying to do life on their own, just trying to live off a Sunday. Let me tell you, you can't live off a sermon off of a television. That person can't love you. He can preach, she can preach to you, you can get information, or you can get knowledge, but you can't get love from a TV screen. Love is when you're rubbing shoulders, when you're crying, when there's loss, when you know what, you need prayer, you've lost your job. Let me tell you, that only happens in close proximity. That only happens in connection. And this year, we want 20 new 
connect groups. That's our impact. We want, we want people to meet where the rubber hits the road. That's Christianity. Meeting in house to house. Now, you might want to meet in a cafe. That's all cool. But you know what happens when you invite someone into your house? I want to tell you, you'll experience the presence of God and you'll see the Spirit of God at work and you won't be doing any work and it'll be the Holy Spirit that's going to do all the work in that household because what you've done is you've opened invitation for the love of God to flow through you into somebody else. And the more, the more we come together, the more we'll be able to impact. So with this uh, um, vision for, for connect groups and with what's happening... Uh, across the road Uh, what I'm going to be doing is starting on the 28th of February here in this church at 7 p.m for five weeks we're going to deep dive into the things of God for this church and it's going to be an hour of power so I'm going to be here and I'm inviting anyone that's not not yet either part of a connect group or is not running a connect group If you want to run one, come along. If you want to be a part of one, come along. But what I'm saying to you, the first thing I ask you to do is that I wanted you to, you know what, have a real think about whether this church is the church for you. Of course we want you here. But we don't want you here uh, against your will. Now I know that none of you here are against your will. But what I'm saying is this, is that I want you to understand where the church is going because we want to move in, in the way that the Bible biblically tells us to, to move. So therefore, if, we, if we're going to do that, it's going to cause a bit of a slipstream and sometimes we can, we can drag people with us and when we drag people with us, it might seem like we're controlling you. No, we don't want that. We want you to be willing to come along on the journey because you know that God said, this is the church. This is the church that I want to invest in. This is a church that is my people. This is a church that I believe I'm called to. Those are the questions that you need to answer because when you answer those questions, then when someone gets up here and speaks about something or there's a call that goes out that, you know, as a church where we're going to do something, there's no, oh, mate, they're asking me again. There's none of that. Do you know there's none of that when you believe that this is your tribe, when you believe this is your family? You know, family, they do whatever they need to to help family. I know you do that. And that should be the same when it comes to church, but it can only be that if you've answered those questions. So I'm asking you today to go away and answer those questions. Maybe you've already answered them in this meeting, but it's so, so important. So I'll be starting on the 28th and finishing at the end of um, March the 27th. So it'll be five Wednesdays. We're going to be deep diving. We're going to be talking about a whole heap of stuff. There's going to be an open forum for some questions and some discussion. We'll leave some time for that. But if you're still not sure, there's certain things you don't know, come to, that, come to it, come to the meeting. Because I'll be talking all things church, I'll be talking all things vision, and I'll be talking all things contribution. I'll be talking all things membership. I'll be talking all things about being a committed Christian in the family of Centerpoint Church. Does that make sense? So if that's you, come along, okay? You're not attending a connect group, you're, you're not running a connect group, or you're still not sure about what's happening or whether you want to be a part of this church, these five weeks are for you. So part of our Connect Group focus is that we want you to be in a Connect Group. 
So as much as we want to open up 20 new connect groups, we want you to be a part of it. If you're not a part of it, we want you to be a part of a connect group. We want you to find your family. And you speak to anyone that's in a connect group and they will tell you that the greatest connections, the greatest impact, the transformation happens and takes place when you're with people that share the same godly values. I know that in the connect groups that I was a part of, back when I was forming my relationship with God, and I tell you, it was an amazing time for me because the, the questions that were asked, the, 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 the um, conversations that were had seemed to relate to me. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. It just seemed to relate to me. And I can't speak about connect groups highly enough. It's how we do life. It's how we uh, continue to build up our faith. And the, uh, Pastor Danny Guglamucci has this word. It's called uh, one anothering. And I believe that in a connect group, that's where we do the one anothering, where we support and build one another up in our most holy faith. That's where it happens. That's where you can get raw with some people that you trust, some people that, you know what, they're my tribe. That's who I feel like I'm connected to. That's where we get built up. And can I urge you, can I urge you to find your tribe? Can I urge you to develop some godly values? Can I urge you to remain in the faith and how we do that is to surround ourselves and keep ourselves strong with other people can i have the team come up thank you thank you for uh listening i've gone four minutes over which is pretty good today but i just sense this morning there may be people that, you know what, have been thinking about this. And now that we've spoken about it, I believe the Holy Spirit is impressing on some of us here about making those decisions. And again, these decisions aren't made so that we can get you to do stuff. It's not about doing stuff. Let me tell you. It's just about having a greater impact. The more of us that buy in, the more of us that move from an attender to a member, the more of us that move from a consumer to a contributor, the more of us that come into that committed Christian walk rather than a churchian coming to church on a Sunday every once in a while, the more of us that catch the reality of what God wants in our life, I'll tell you the greater impact we're going to have. Okay? As a church, we're going to have an impact. But I believe that this year, God's on us for greater impact locally. We're going to see a move of God locally in our individual lives. You know, some of you are thinking, oh, yeah, my wife, or oh, yeah, my, my kids, or oh, yeah, my, my relatives. I'm saying to you, take a step back and say, Lord, if this is a church for me, then I want that. I want another go with my wife or my husband who's not a Christian or my relatives, whatever it might be, my workplace. 
I want, I want, I want what's on the church. I want on my life. But it's going to require us to make that decision. Does that make sense? And I know, mo- I know many of you here. You know, I might be talking to to few. Maybe I'm just talking into the atmosphere. Maybe I'm just reminding us of what it means to be part of the family because what we're going to be carrying this year. And like I said, it's not about doing more work. It's about doing the work of the ministry. It's about building one another up in our most holy faith. And if we're not taking up our gift, come on, we've got to pick up that gift again. I know some of us might be tired. I know some of us, oh, you know what, that's gone. Those days are gone. Well, I'm saying that's not the reality. We just read this morning that we are to take up the gift that we've received. Now, maybe you've not received it. Maybe you've put it down. And I'm asking you to prayerfully consider to pick that up. Because if you pick that up, you're going to be helping this church. You're going to be helping this body to make the impact that God's called us to in 2024. Can we stand up this morning? I don't know what song you want to sing. Yeah, rest on us, yeah. Now, just just with that song, you know, the Holy Spirit is already in us. I know we're singing rest on us, but He's already in us. But maybe as we sing this song, what we're saying is, you know what? I want, I want, a, I want a fresh anointing. Here, I'm actually going to pick up this gift that I'm going to present it to you. I want you to rest on that gift. I want you to resurrect that gift again. That gift that I've laid dormant, I want you to revive it. Because I know that if you will do that, if you've made a decision that, hey, Centerpoint Church is the place where my tribe is, this is where my family is going to be, that gift is going to be put to use and we're going to see the impact that God's breathing over us come to pass. It's on us. It's on each and every one of us. Okay, it's not only on the pastors. It's on each of us as members of the body. As we sing this, if that's you, can we have every eye closed? Come on, this is some time that I know many of us are going to make some decisions. And if you know, you know what? If you know that you know that this is your place, this is your tribe, this is your house, and maybe that gift has been waning It's not being used. You think it's been taken away. But in reality, you've just laid it down. The Holy Spirit's saying to you, pick it up. Come on, it's a gift I've given you. It's a plan I have for you. Come on, this body needs you. Needs you to exercise that gift so that the manifold grace of God will be felt not only here in this body, but as people come in. Come on, let's sing this. Start singing. Let's start worshiping. We worship you, Jesus. Jesus.